welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Knock On Podcast. A little late as always, on getting a new podcast out, but this one's long overdue for a couple reasons. I'm sitting out, it's early in the morning, I feel like we're the only two people awake here. Seems like it, (laughs) We're the only two people awake. We're in Hawaii, and it's Cam's last day down here. We just got done with a really fun axis hunt with a mutual buddy, Joe Rogan, Mm -hmm. and... It was, uh, that was long overdue, honestly. What, the hunt or the podcast or oh, the hunt? The hunt, for sure. The podcast is kind of just a byproduct. Yeah. But that's the first time where we haven't been in a really big group mm-hmm. where um, last time you were here, I wanted to hunt with you a day and mm-hmm. it was kind of, you came in, you came in at the tail end. Yeah. This time you were able to come in at the front end, but your your boy graduates college tomorrow. Uh, yeah. So gotta uh, head home. It was it was fun. Two days ago, you got you came out with me. Joe Joe was staying with his family, so mm-hmm. we uh, went out ourselves in the afternoon and got to. Well, I just let you lead. And just pretty much followed you mm-hmm. and then we had a we had a really fun few hours i got my fill honestly yeah you got yeah. your you feel like you got your fill the first day the first day yeah i um because i didn't have family here so i was able to you guys you know got to keep the wife happy you keep the kids happy so you guys have obligations there i was here by myself on this trip so i'm like i don't i can stay home and eat I, I might as well. I, I'm not worried about. This is an amazing hotel and an amazing setting, and we're sitting here, you know, as, as blessed as anybody to even be here. And so there's a lot, lot to appreciate that I don't want to take for granted. But I'm here. I love to hunt, so I'm like, I'm just gonna stay out until I'm just gonna have to get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, and these deer, they require time sometimes. You know, yeah. It's uh, and so I was out there for. See, from five in the morning until I finally killed one at about three in the afternoon, you know, put in whatever, 10 hour day almost, um, before it got maybe a little more before it got done and, uh, then killed another one after that. And so, yeah, that was my first day. Well, you kind of killed one. Honestly, you, you doubled down after your first shot, Mm -hmm. you made a shot, you went to, you thought you heard your buck crash. Yeah. You know, it's so thick here. A lot of times when you shoot, you can see them go a certain direction, but they also slinker right down. Yeah. So you said you just heard this noise and you thought, okay, that's him mm-hmm. crashing. Yeah. So did you just kind of like make a move quick? Like, okay, I might as well just like let my guard down and yeah. roll, roll in hot. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, that's a down That's a down and dirty version. <laughs> uh, the truthful truthful version is i hit a little back so i had a little blood trailing to do you know had a another shot or two to try to get him anchored and and i was on blood on him and then finally you know he was i was getting it getting it done um uh it wasn't it wasn't the textbook that we 
that we work towards every day. But I've, this buck was hurt, obviously. Um, my first arrow was just a little bit back, but felt like his liver. And uh, so he was hurting. He was going to die. But I thought, well, that's it. He, he went down. I heard sticks breaking. And I'd heard some rattling around. And I'm like, that's him thrashing in the brush. So I sneak up there. And that was actually two other bucks. This is the rut right now, as you know. They were facing off and posturing, bristled up, head turned, looking sideways like they do, kind of circling. And one was bit a really big buck. And I'm like, man, you know, the one of the things about hunting Lanai is uh, all these animals and they need to be killed. Otherwise, they'll just hammer the habitat. And so I uh, ranged him. He had no idea I was there. He was 61. Uh, pinwheeled him just a perfect shot and uh, he death sprint for about 80 yards and piled up and then went back and recovered my other buck so yeah, yeah it was it was doubled down basically yeah but <laughs> anytime you can walk up on two big bucks fighting you mm-hmm. know which, yeah you gotta take advantage which that was your bigger of the two yeah it was you know so yeah everything everything always happens for a reason it, it sounded does. like that definitely happened for a reason yeah in my head though it's like everything happens so quick but i thought the first buck i hit was a giant mm-hmm. and i'm like oh that's a big buck and i'm like oh this is a pretty good buck too i should probably kill him and it was opposite it was <laughs> the first buck was a pretty good buck the second buck was uh you know the the threshold is 30 inch is what you want here and the second buck is actually i mean alex said he's right at 30 or a little over so yeah. that's what that's what we want for a trophy and the and the first one is is not quite that but still a good animal i was surprised that my second one i thought he was you know i thought he was more of like a scrub buck i guess more mm-hmm. he was a little bigger than i thought yeah but based on the bucks that we had waited on and waited on and waited oh, on oh god i mean those other ones that were there must yeah. have been giant bigger than we thought yeah giant bigger than i thought it's one of those things where if you're not look, used to looking at axis every day, yeah, it's you can you know you can get deceived. It'd be like someone going out and seeing a, either first five by five bull and mm-hmm. you know thinking, okay, I just shot a three fifty bull, and then yeah. you kind of get up to it and realize, well, three fifty bull is actually a very very different caliber, yes, you know, yeah, than, than a bull that might be knocking on the door of three hundred, but right, th- these were. I don't know. Some of the ones that we've seen out there, it makes me wonder how big they are mm-hmm. or if it's their body's just a different size. Yes. Uh, you can really tell those older deer. The bucks. Um, they, they have the dark. The dark. The dark. Yeah. It gets dark. It gets darker. And their bodies just fill out just like any animal. Mm-hmm. Big shoulders. Um, my second buck had that kind of look, but it still, he wasn't anything like probably. I had two last night on my last night that, you know, I was basically waiting for Joe to kill so mm-hmm. we could get together and celebrate. So I was trying to keep myself busy and covered up with deer down there. You guys could see me down, down on the bottom. And, uh, so I was only going to shoot something really special. And there was two, like I just said, that just thick neck, thick shoulders, dark, the antlers just look giant. And, uh, those were the ones that we were definitely yeah. after. Yeah. yeah. The hardest part down here is there's no cover shouldn't say no cover cover sparse Mm -hmm. cover can be low um and 
just the amount of eyeballs. Yeah. You know, and the obviously the wind uh, is such a key factor here because this island used to be dole pineapple. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, even moving around on the ground, stuff will drag your shoe or drag your pant. And it's incredible how in key to any type of foreign sound they are. Yeah. And you just have hundreds and hundreds of sets of ears. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll be going, think everything's perfect. You got a slam dunk, another 40 yards to close down a gap on a buck. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's some fawn bedded in a tree, you know, yeah. a little tree bush that darts out and kind of ruins the show. Well, one one thing that I think is different with these things that I have to really find myself being patient on is so if I'm elk hunting and you see an opportunity and so the bull's up there maybe 100 yards and you know either what, what he's doing or where he's going, if you can hustle for 50 yards and get to 50, cut that in half, um, you're going to, you can usually get a shot off pretty quick, you know, kind of, it's just like you don't get busted like hustling closing that distance here if you try to hustle anywhere and mm. cut something off it's ne- it's never going to happen because you're going to get picked off in about five seconds yep. you're going to start hustling for a second you'll look up and there'll be the white ears of a doe looking over the grass cupped facing right your direction on you and you're just like what so you just can't hustle yeah you cannot you can never just let go and oh i just need to get to this tree really quick and I'm going to get in range, and then I'm going to make a shot. It's never going to happen. Yeah, and even if you're, uh, even if nothing within close proximity, it's like puts its ears up. The ones hundreds of yards away, they mm-hmm. see something foreign in the field, and they just, you know, they make that bark that they do, and then every <laughs> deer that you don't see that's yeah. laying down just mm-hmm. pops right up. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how they all. Uh, they look towards that sound, and then it's whatever direction that sound those animals are looking, they all turn and look yeah. that way. Like, it's not like a whitetail where if a doe snorts, they're kind of looking around like, no. what's going on? Their, their radar, they have a very good communication system. It's like they call in coordinates, you know. It's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, it's like uh, what, what, would they, what would they call that? Uh, unfriendly located at blah 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 degrees and they're all just right on you yeah what how how is this happening because you know elk don't do that either Uh -uh. a cow might look but the other ones are just like i um, maybe i don't know what's going on something going on these are just on everybody's on at the same direction isn't it amazing too that um last night joe and i were we were we were 106 yards from what i would guess to be 300 deer in a clump moving Mm -hmm. like paralleling us because we were we were parallel on them to try to keep our wind right. And I'm talking not a sound. Like, they don't make a noise, mm-hmm. even a bit, you know, unless two are scrapping yeah, a little right. bit. But I'm trying to be methodical and pick and choose every place every to put step. my yeah. knee and put mm-hmm. my hand as I'm crawling. Yeah. And you're still like, every now and then you'd hit a little stick. Mm-hmm. And when they hear that, they're like up. You yeah. Know? And they're kind of just looking around like, what's going on? I thought it was I thought it was crazy yeah. how quiet a mass group because if you had if you had three hundred elk like that oh yeah I mean so like a herd could, of cattle you could just go yeah because they yeah. you know they're just like okay it's a it's a stampede coming through here they're used to all yeah. that sound yeah 
it's a uh, it's definitely a different challenge but as we were talking last night at dinner if you can come here and kill you're pretty much ready for anything yeah you know i mean this is like you're going to get opportunities you're going to get your stocking game on point you're going to get your, your shooting game has to be you know these shots there's been a couple close shots but let's see my kills were uh i think 71 and 61 or 72 and 61 um yours let's see your first one was kind of close what was it 42 42 and then second one was 49.7 yeah that's right yeah yeah (laughs) 49.7 so i mean at these quick little you know a 50 yard shot is you got to be focused yeah and a 70 yard shot you got to be really focused but we, we said if you can get in bow range and get that arrow off clean here and it, you know get kills that's i mean there's harder hunts because of the terrain but the animals this is they're switched on as as any yeah and you know uh joe made the mistake um you know it's it's always hindsight but last night we had a buck that we ranged and it was it was out there i mean it was 58 but in those bigger groups that's kind of a number where you know if you get to 60 yeah i feel like yep. you know gotta make it happen yeah you gotta make it happen and i'm i'm totally comfortable with joe shooting at 60 yeah like no question and actually he, he actually a made a great in. shot mm-hmm. but i told him like i told him remember to hold low mm-hmm. and when he shot he said, where'd it go? And I'm like, just right over the top. Cause it, it dropped hard. It ducked yeah. really hard. And then I said, where'd you aim? And he's like, I don't know, just maybe a little lower than, than midway. Mm-hmm. And I, I should have said like, I was aiming Heart. at, well, I was aiming more like where the front, where the front leg makes the 90 degree turn on the bottle yeah. on the body. Yeah. I was putting my pin in almost under the elbow Yeah, in that pocket. Like, right. Not in the air, not like in the complete air underneath it, no. but like yep. half of my pin was probably on hair and half of my pin was on air when I was shooting. Yeah. And both of them, both of them kind of ducked and maneuvered yeah. just enough. But we had very similar situations as um, one of our shots, uh, one of our shots was as perfect as you or I could ever ask for. Yeah. We're both, we're both adamant about, you know, we, sh- we're not just bow hunters, mm-hmm. you know, we're year round archers. Yeah. Oh that, yeah. I mean, every that's, day. that's, that's a hundred percent. What we want to do mm-hmm. is to be able to come out here, make this shot, you know, kind of make it look easy yeah. to where it's just, that's the goal. You know, it's like stepping out there to 40 yard, buck mm-hmm. target in your backyard and shooting a 10 ring like yeah that's ideally that's yeah what, that's what i want to do i want to just come out put the pin right there like on that first deer and just you know hear hear that very distinct sound of yeah. when, it, when a broadhead hits the right spot yeah i heard that sound i was like "Ooh, that's a dead buck <laughs> <laughs> and uh y- yeah you could hear it like hitting and i almost feel like you could I, I feel like my brain knew that it went through both sides. Mm-hmm. Did you? Could you hear the... I, no, I, all I heard was a thwack. And you're just, just like, that was... I mean, there's no rattling through brush. There's like, <laughs> there's no mistaking that thwack. And so, yeah, but maybe you maybe you did hear a, a, maybe breaking out that other side. Yeah. Maybe if you were that tuned in, maybe you did hear it. Yeah. I, I've, I felt like it was just like in and out. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was like, you know, 
for sure rib cage yeah like the way that it sounded it wasn't like it wasn't hollow i guess and uh that buck just peeled out of there and i saw the rest of the group scatter and i never from when that arrow hit i never saw his horns again mm-hmm. so i kind of thought well you know he's probably down yeah and uh i actually was i kind of leaned down and i was texting like you know the hit you know hit looked good or something you mm-hmm. know first first arrow was good or whatever and yeah. then as i'm like typing i hadn't sent it yet i look up and the the deer i could see a couple of the deer like pointing looking down into the yeah. brush and i thought i bet he's dead yeah. right there and they're staring at him because they i mean it happened so fast yeah. nothing new you know we had the perfect setup both, oh, of, that both was, of my shots yeah that was we amazing made, we made a perfect chess game yeah it was like perfect our cover nothing new we were there mm-hmm. and then another buck came out and i ranged him and he wasn't that far he was like 50 yards so i had another arrow on and honestly one of the things that i do that i think people don't do that's a mistake is when you shoot mm-hmm. i'm really fast to reload oh yeah yeah some people like yep. shoot they want to look they might even want to move around mm-hmm. but you know your opportunity for a follow-up which is a lot of times the op, you know the reason why you're gonna either get it or not get yeah, an animal your follow-up mm-hmm. if you like fully give away your location and blow everything out of there yeah it it can really be negative yeah if you do that so mm-hmm. i i shot loaded and i'm kind of looking i'm hunk- hunkered down in the shadows and then i was texting you like shot looked good and i was about to say did you see him go down and then this buck came out i was able to range him and i drew back on him and as i'm getting my pin where i needed to be he turned like straight away so it was just a walking away shot and he just kind of started walking down towards the does that were staring down in the bushes Mm -hmm. so i didn't have a shot and so i'm starting to let down and one of the does pops her head up and she's like Mm -hmm. looking my way and i'm thinking if my buck is not down yeah i don't want the group blowing up right so i'm trying to still not be busted you know right. even even if I've, i i feel like anytime you just flat out get busted any anywhere it kind of shades the hunting for the through the next day or the yeah. next person yeah so i'm i lower my bow down at full draw like underneath the brush and i'm trying to let my bow down almost below my hip yeah and i got about (laughs) halfway down and i was doing a good job of like letting it down and i just felt a stick like fling and it just hit my trigger (laughs) and it sounded like someone that just hits a total worm burner off a t-box yeah (laughs) and i was like oh my god so then i just pick up my phone and i finished my text of that second shot was a misfire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, because uh, I was a little bit behind you. So I heard the thwack, then I heard the, <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, the, the second one sounded def- definitely different than the first one, but yeah, it, it all worked out and well, it happened. And then uh, the second the second shot, which you actually filmed to put on your Insta story. Yeah. Um, and I guess more of that story too is we we let them calm down, we let them kind of leave. Yeah, we went down there, and that was a an awesome blood trail. I mean, it. Was, oh, on your first buck? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was just freaking splashed everywhere. <laughs> it wasn't. It was really amazing because you. It's weird. 
you know, I've always been a fixed blade guy. You're obviously a big proponent with, especially with all your success with the expandables and this this uh, this new hedger. I think it's new that you're trying out, right? Yeah, it's new this year. It's a it's a rage no collar. So it you know, I really like the tri pans a lot. Yeah, you know, I honestly probably like, I would say the durability or the shape better. Mm-hmm. But the ability to just pop those blades back shut with no yeah. collar is awesome especially out here in this pineapple brush because it's you're you know that's one of the downsides that a hundred percent you know we can you and i had a lot of you know fixed blade mechanical blade discussions because when you saw that you're like yeah dude it was impressive yeah you said after seeing this i understand what you're talking about of yeah you know yeah there's areas you might not want to hit with that head Mm mm-hmm but there's also, like, when I see this, yeah. damn. Yeah, it's impressive. It's I always go back, you know, my go-to was that, that big San Carlos bull I killed that had I made a not the best shot right through the high and through the point of the shoulder, and it only went in 13 inches, you know, in that a muzzy trocar, big, kind of a rugged, not a big head, but a rugged head, and it pushed through there enough made him sick and then i was able to to get him killed but uh i always think well an expandable would have would have blown up on that shoulder and there was a 400 inch bull that would so it's like maybe in that one situation for mm-hmm. sure it, it paid off having what i shoot yep but then, i would agree but then as as you said you know if he's like well devil's advocate <laughs> okay what about 90 percent of all the other shots yeah. that maybe an expandable is better than a mm-hmm. fixed you know so that's it, but that's to me. That's the thing I love about archery and bow hunting, being so, um, just, just, in I don't know, just over, not overwhelmed, just like so entrenched in this mm-hmm. lifestyle is whatever you're shooting, believe in it, mm-hmm. believe in it. With for whatever reason, you can debate it, you can outweigh it, and you can people argue all day about what bow and why it's better or what sight or what arrow or what, and that's okay. It's mm-hmm. fine, but whatever you use man just know just believe in it, have confidence and and uh, that's the biggest thing and so yeah. just have some logic to it and so that's what that's all we do we we discuss it and i can appreciate your points and i'm like oh it's something to consider well i think with you there's two scenarios one when you told me your full um your full arizona bull story i'm like yep when i talk about when I talk about where I would not want to hit with a mechanical, mm-hmm. what I wouldn't want to hit a bear in it, the top of yeah, his arm, yeah. on, anywhere on the top of his arm. Button. Right. I wouldn't want to hit an elk at the point of the shoulder. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to hit a moose there, or right. I wouldn't want to like fully center a moose rib. No. You know, but other than that, the entire rest of the situation, yeah. I would favor that. Mm-hmm. You know, or if um honestly if we were in a little bit denser brush where i would have where i shot my second buck yeah and i shot him and i was really fast to like i can't say that i I, i'm pretty well when i shot and i saw the arrow hit because he was ducking and turning Mm -hmm. i saw that he absorbed all the kinetic energy of that shot he got crushed it it smashed him yeah but i also knew that my job is to follow up as fast as possible. Yeah, we owe it to the animal to get him, get him killed. 
if we would have been in thicker stuff, mm -hmm. that would have been the situation where I would have loaded a fixed blade for the second mm -hmm. shot. Yeah. Because um, I always carry one fixed blade in my quiver. Oh, okay. I carry one trocar. Oh, do you? Yeah, because if I need to, like, ram something through brush, brush yeah. then that is going to be my, you know, my go-to. Yeah, and that for, makes sense. And for me, the trocar, I think it's probably one of the top three best flying like yeah. subcompact fixed blade heads. Yeah. They fly really good. Oh, they do, yeah. So I'm able to be very, very close to where I'm shooting with mm -hmm. my no collars. So I just think that there's there's places where that is a better product. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's like if if I made a bad shot, a hundred percent I would say, Man, yeah. I don't know if I want a one and an eighth inch cut that's not tearing a bigger hole yeah if i you know if i hit something well i mean like that one where you hit a little bit back mm -hmm. i'll guarantee if you would have put a three inch yeah you know by the time it's pushing through a rage hole is like three inches across oh it would have yeah he would have been down that would have been quicker. a different different subject I think he would, yeah so it's like on deer size animal like these man there's really no reason not to use expandables well i asked you i said if if mechanicals weren't illegal so to speak to use in well now in, that now they finally are legal right but yeah. i said if if but they my weren't whole career yeah if they weren't back then would you have been more inclined to one well, you know to spend more time trying them out yeah. or using them yeah yeah and it and probably would you know it, you get so uh biased towards what you grow up doing mm -hmm. you know i mean and, and that goes all the way back to out where I live out West, it's like everybody shot 80 or 90 pound bows. Everybody shot fixed blade heads because expandables were illegal. Um, everybody it's like multiple pin sites. And in some areas, all those things are like, what are you doing? That's not how we do it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I've just been so, you know, I still shoot he what, what people would consider a heavy poundage bow, but it, it doesn't feel heavy. I still shoot fixed because that's what I've always done. So yeah, I think part of it is that growing up like that. Well, both of both of us, both of our shots are setups that you're right, people argue that they're, you know, I came here with an 80 pounder. Yeah. I came here with an 80 pounder with uh you know, uh, uh axis arrow that's lighter. I loaded it with front weight. I got a four fletch um with a very it's a it's actually a new vein. It's a Max 23 is what we call it, but it's a lower profile vein. That's mm. it's a little bit longer than yours, but it's yeah. it's lower profile. Yeah. But it's not as big as like a three inch fletch. Like mine's a little bit smaller than Joe's. Okay. Yeah. But downrange, like with the winds that mm -hmm. we had, mm -hmm. dude. I mean, if I was shooting what a lot of people shoot with the standard like lightweight front end yeah. and stuff, or even guys that are shooting six millimeter or above thickness arrows you would have to really compensate wind on those 50 yard shots you'd have to yeah. know what you were doing because we are, had a, are yours four or five mil minor five five okay yeah. Yeah. i like the five because um i really like lighted knocks and i don't really like the durability of a lighted knock in a four, four millimeter mil. yeah. arrow right um you know if if they if that knock option was one that I really agreed with, mm -hmm. I would say 
you know, I would probably try a four millimeter mm-hmm. if I had the ability to, you know, I'd probably use like a, a half out collar where I could yeah. use, a, use a standard, uh, standard it, thread, yeah. you know, broadhead. I don't think people really think too often when they're hunting in high wind areas, not only here, but like even up in the mountains, it can be windy. But oh, yeah. Mule deer the, hunts. The difference between shaft diameter size. So if you say, because I shoot four mil, you shoot five, a lot of guys shoot six. It's like that's a millimeter time. However, my arrows, I think they're 27 and a half. Yours are what, 30? Pushing, well, they're about 29. 29. Yeah. Right. So, so there's, so 29 millimeters. Mm-hmm. Yeah of surface area yep that's a lot of drag yes and so that wind is pushing on i mean if it's a if it's that wind's coming in sideways to your arrow perpendicular it's like it's going to push that thing Mm -hmm. a lot um a six would be pushed it'd be hard to say depending on the wind but uh, considerably more than a four mil or a five mil yeah you know and it's just like i don't know if people think about that that much one of the things that I wish people would completely factor into is it seems like there's a lot of things that we do in archery that's almost like wives' tales to where people have this opinion on an expandable, and maybe it's someone who, you know, if I, when expandables came out mm-hmm. and I was whoever was in Oregon and made those decisions, and your only options for an expandable were a rocket arrowhead or a nap spitfire which that was pretty much like yeah the dude i wouldn't shoot a spitfire on an elk yeah right now right i mean i I wouldn't i wouldn't do it Mm -hmm. um and even even that jackknife style it's it's not my favorite now if they would have had and honestly the very first rages Mm -hmm. um which you shot in that Remember that thing at the ATA show, like yeah. ten or ten or however long ago. Yeah. I probably would. I wouldn't shoot that one either. Yeah. The you know the it was way too big around and the right. you know it was it was like bigger than my arrow. It was like trying to push a three hundred you yeah. know three hundred uh, mag bullet through something. Like yeah. I wouldn't have shot that one either. Yeah. Um. But I definitely would if back then the mm-hmm. first broadhead on the market was a Rage Tripan. Yeah. I'd have been like, okay, and I think everyone else would have been too. Yeah, I probably. Think, I think the the old timers would have been like, damn, okay, yeah, this is a different, this is a yeah. different subject, this is a, a way different thing. That probably so, does weigh in because of the my only I used an expendable one time. I used a rage on a bear just to see what it'd do, and of course it killed it in seconds. But bear, as we know, are soft. Um, compare just soft like structurally like the hide is soft you can cut through the hide pretty easy it's not like an elk or something like that uh the muscles aren't quite as dense Mm -hmm. so uh penetration isn't usually an issue unless you hit that leg bone but but the other experience i had with the expandables i was i was hunting with roy doll sheep uh including lake and we were up there grizzly circling our tent pouring rain it was just like a brutal sheep hunt we did this big long stock, big circle. Came down on these three rams, and I fil- I got the footage somewhere, but I filmed him, and he was scooting down, and uh, scoot down the hill, down the hill, down the hill. These rams are bedded on this little pinnacle out down there. We get 43 yards from this big ram, bedded, quartering away, looking down the hill. No idea we're there. Roy pulls back, so it's like you could 
like how it was bedded you'd want to you want to hit like back like through the guts kind of mm-hmm. um to get to that opposite shoulder and it was straight down on top it was just a money perfect thing he hit a little bit low but it should have instead of going up higher on the guts towards that other shoulder it went a little low but it still would have got guts liver one lung probably but that arrow went in like barely went in it's like barely it went in about i would say six inches quartering quartering away uh so probably just got guts and we i mean we never got that ram what broadhead was that it, i don't know it was an expandable this was like in this would have been 2000 oh, let me think like 2004 yeah so yeah. one of the early versions yeah. but it was just like all i need to do is think about that and how heartbreaking that was mm-hmm. Whew, that's a lot to overcome for mr expandable broadhead to, to all i think about is that and i'm like oh a fixed blade would have went guts liver lung mm-hmm. oh yeah he would have got his ram yep. and so but you just like you say that was the first version mm-hmm. which they compared to now the the uh no collar the rage no collar that you have probably you know might be a hundred times better of a head yeah so but yeah i i do weigh in those personal experiences or horror stories and i've probably <laughs> told that to people too and then they're impacted oh yeah you know what i mean yeah, I I had a phase where I was very um where I really liked expandables a lot. And there was this small window of where people shot some of the you know, there were a few expandables that were decent that were a little bit more compact and they kind of worked good, but I was also probably on medium-sized game at the most. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the point where you like you like seeing those holes. Mhm. And so you just, and then they start, they go from making an inch and a quarter to the, now there's an inch and a half expand. Yeah. Now there's a two inch expand. I remember a three and a half inch rocket arrowhead. It was yeah. like a buck blaster. And I remember like, I want to see this freaking hole. Like, yeah. And obviously it takes force to ram that through. Yeah. And I've, I realized really quick, there's, you know, there, there's this point of where now you're, putting in all this effort to make this shot that's not even do anything yeah and so i ended up i think i went from thinking expandables were cool to just going super extreme on wanting to see these holes that a mechanical could rip and then then i'm just like ah i want to go back to the penetration and Mm -hmm. i switched back and i started shooting um I started shooting the shuttle T-locks yeah. back when Bob, Bob Fromm had yeah. them. Yeah, I shot and, those. So. And I, I liked, you know, because actually that head, it would drive the hide and it would cut, a bigger, it it would yeah. cut a bigger hole. Mm-hmm. And the, and I, I I always said that the shuttle T-locks made a very distinct sound when they hit. It was mm. like, mm. because it, I don't know if it's the shape of those yeah, blades. Those. It would like, it would like stretch the hide and then it would just pop it like mm. you know and you'd get a good inch and a half inch hole yeah um but then and that was i shot those kind of when rage was really the uh the thing i also shot um the ti 100s those are good i liked bruce barry a lot those him were, and his dad were, were like great people and i shot the ti 100s mm-hmm. and Me then too. i think and then i think i switched to the uh to the shuttle t-locks 
And then um, when the when the rage um, hypodermic came out, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I just looked at it and I thought, okay, this is this is gonna perform better. I like yeah. the collar system better. I like the, f- the size of the ferrule was smaller, mm-hmm. and so I went out and started shooting some stuff with with that original hypodermic and i'm like yeah i shot a moose with one on a hard hard quartering shot and it drifted like i was trying to aim at the last rib and it was a little bit of a crosswind and i went in like right in front of it went in maybe the front portion of the of the back leg Mm. and i seen it just stop at the i just seen the tip of the lighted knock barely hanging out Mm of you know kind of the front half of that rear quarter and i kind of thought like oh no you know Mm -hmm. and that thing ran and i seen him clear the swamp and then i seen him just get into like the alders Mm -hmm. so we sat up there and i just said well let's just give it a few hours you know it was was like in the morning so i'm like let's just wait till noon yeah so we got down at noon got down there and you, you know with the nice thing about moose is you you're kind of follow. It's easier to follow tracks and blood. Yeah. You know, so I'm just seeing these tracks tear out of the swamp. Yeah. So I'm walking on those, and as soon as I hit the the brush, I could see, I could see his. It. I at first I thought he was standing up because mm. his back legs were sta- standing up, and I could see his ass. So I'm mm. like, oh, and I could see the little knock. Mm-hmm. But then I. I load an arrow and I'm trying to get up there to where I could get like kind of a broadside shot to maybe finish him off or whatever. And he was actually dead with like his front legs were like folded back. Oh. To, you know, he was like about ready to leap through that, <laughs> that buck brush. He died on the run. He died on the run. Yeah. And he was like, just laid halfway laid across with his back legs wow. supporting him. And he went like, I think he went 63 yards from impact, which for a moose wow. is crazy right yeah yeah and so right then i'm like okay here's another reason why mm-hmm. if i would have you know if i would have done this with a one inch cut or an inch and an eighth inch cut would yeah. i have the same results right it's hard to say I don't, yeah i don't i don't really know i probably wouldn't have he probably wouldn't have died that fast mm-hmm. wouldn't have died on the run i would say how hard were your arrows hitting when uh on the, your shots i didn't get to see your shots i know both both? Oh, these bucks here? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, the first one, a little bit back, like I said, liver. So uh, was that just zip, zip? Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I actually didn't find that arrow. Okay. I mean, it blew so far through. Um, and then, let's see, the second buck, yeah, I didn't find that arrow either. It, that was, he was quartering away at 61, and it went in, it kind of cut along the ribs, and, uh, cut or like maybe cut the back ham a little bit went in the ribs and came out like in between the neck and the front shoulder on the opposite side and it just low through the heart freaking blew out i never we looked for that arrow for about 15 minutes i never found it either but that was heart shot uh, you know 80 yard sprint dead something like that and uh yeah they never never even slowed down one thing i, w- I want to say and i don't know if you've ever heard me say it but I feel like one of the things I love most about, I'm going to say bow hunting. It could be hunting in general, but bow hunting's my thing. Bow yeah. hunting's your thing. I feel like 
a bow hunting hunt is like a true litmus test for what someone is. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, in, in whether whatever they are in the business world, whatever they are on Instagram, whatever they are. Yeah. In a gym when they show up there for yeah. for an hour a day. Yeah. You know, it what happens when you're in a situation where, you know, you're you're crawling, there's thorns stabbing your knuckles and yeah. you know, all it, it, it and those moments, like I really feel like I feel like you could if like businesses could could take this guy on a on a hunt where yeah. there's there's effort involved there's mm -hmm. like patience involved ups and downs there's ups and downs mm -hmm. there's emotion um essentially perf you know like a, whether or not you have performance anxiety yeah if you can get crunch time if yeah you can, if you can yeah. make it happen like yeah. what's your um you know what kind of brass tacks do you have yeah. i think you learn it all oh. on a hunt you do <laughs> excuse me but yeah i mean in the certain scenarios you mentioned going into that like at the gym or at the these little snapshots of time where people are really used to i'm not going to say putting on an act but you can fake it mm. you can fake it in a lot of settings yeah you can't fake it on a hunt yeah <laughs> you yeah. can't fake it on a hunt and so i think people get through life and uh and i'm not going to say I, I i've never done it i've been a young freaking dipshit too but um you can fake it in a lot of a lot of places and a lot of you can you know trick a lot of people it, oh yeah he's a nice guy or he's a whatever or whatever on a hunt it is what it is yeah he, you're what you are is going to be exposed yeah and kind of that's what you're saying and it's uh yeah it's it is it's great because there's been people who I've been on hunts and it's been a one, one and done. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm never hunting with that guy again. <laughs> or Honestly, it's like, or, or it forges a great friendship. Yep. You know, there's really no in between. It's probably a lot like, uh, when Andy talks about, you know, some of the, some of the selection processes that he was experienced mm -hmm. with. He's like, there were people I would look at them and I would, I would, tell you like that guy's gonna make it and mm -hmm. he's like and it blows your mind when he's the first one to ring the bell yeah and then there's guys where you're like oh man this dude's gonna struggle this week and then they're just they're the they're the ones yeah. that just get in there grind it out you know mm -hmm. kind of lead by example you know it's yeah. so you can't ever really judge sometimes people they build they build that i don't know they kind of build this I don't really know how to describe it. It's almost, they almost build a self image that they want for themselves. Yeah. But they're, when it really comes down to like struggle and stuff, they don't. Yeah. It's not real. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, wholeheartedly, I have a very, very new respect for, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed hunting with you. Oh, me too. I, I mean, yeah, it was, sure. uh, and man, if, Honestly, if we could have had like live cameras when you and I were hunting the whole time, and maybe this is you know my personality, but um, what I've told people about you is I've said you know that obviously you know there's people that you know there's haters for you, there's people what? that troll you, yeah, <laughs> and um, you know there's 
there's luckily there's not as many for me, but I will say the amount of people that you motivate people that, you know, people that I've seen on Harry's cross country teams or, mm-hmm. you know, just people where they'll say like, yeah, you know, do you know Cam Haynes? And I'm just like, how do you know Cam? And they're like, Oh, I follow him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. He's, he really helps me get up and work out every day and stuff. And I'm like, that's freaking awesome. Mm, yeah. And then, but from my aspect, I just, you know, what makes actually what motivates me mm-hmm. is me seeing not when someone's shooting, they're practicing because I told them to practice. What, yeah. what motivates me is when I see people posting a picture of their first bloody arrow yeah. and saying, you know, I didn't bow hunt till nine months ago, yeah. followed your school knock, um, or people that send pictures of their, the first medal they ever won yeah. or, you yeah. know, their, their personal the best paying off. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like an education's always, you know, what can I do to help someone right. that, you know, and you're, you're like, you lead by example because you just, you do it every day. You don't make excuses. I mean, I personally think it's not healthy how much you run. <laughs> Um, I know I couldn't, I could not do it. My legs would agree with you. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we'll get into that subject. But when you and I were, were doing my hunt, uh, we, you know, we got out of the car a little bit before five o'clock. Yeah. And by seven 30. Yeah. We had two bucks dead. Yeah. And, um, on a place where. A lot of people struggle with a with a bow. Yeah, well, just just to put numbers to it, it's just to give context, and because it's like, as you said, our goal is to make it look easy. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard, but if you if and we talked about what's the difference between a successful hunt and not a successful hunt. It's all these little tiny things, these little tiny decisions you make in the heat of the moment, or building up to the heat of the moment, or the crunch time that that play a part in that success but they've had 150 guys come through here and listen there's a lot of deer they have to they have to manage these deer this is conservation defined because if they didn't kill these deer the habitat would be devastated but to do that they have to take bucks out and plus they cull on top of that or cull uh, or take deer out they cull on top of what the hunters take but there's been 150 hunters through here not all of them bow hunters obviously but of those 150 whatever percentage has been bow hunters there's been one bow hunter that is killed besides us yeah one guy yeah so that's just to put it in context and then what you did in one evening killed two great bucks i mean just a testament to to well technically it's we because you you said too you're like i i have a very hard time watching bow hunting you know, not a good spectator. Yeah, you're like I'm not a good spectator, and and actually both times we stalked in, I kind of said like, "Are you you know do you want to shoot?" Because there was one buck where you're like that one man. Yeah. I'm like freaking take him. I don't you know yeah. I don't care. I I, mm-hmm. I liked both times in my mind, and I've said this too. I said checkmate. Like yeah. both times, yep. I'm like checkmate. Yeah, dude. got him. Like you're you know you're. you're time cards punched like (laughs) it's just yeah Yeah. you don't know it yet but your time cards punched. but during that during those stocks i was sitting there thinking god i would love it if there was a way to have like 
if there was an overhead view of what we did and we had like GoPros on to where then we could go back and do like yeah. a director's cut. Like like game we, film. Yeah. Breaking down game film. Wouldn't like wouldn't oh, yeah. both of those. Been so, so uh, it would have been uh, um, so valuable to new hunters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you told me, well, what were, um, what were, what were a few of the things that you saw me do where you thought, if that didn't happen, this would not have happened. Yeah. Uh, well, you uh, you buried. We're on the same page exactly on using. So not only just using brush or or the contour of the land, all of it. It's like shadows, the big trees, the big bushes, getting things lined up to be able to close distance, stay in the. There's two sides of the tree. There's a sunlight side, shadow side, staying in the shadow side. Um, staying low, crawling before a lot of people would probably think to crawl. Um, me, I go super slow, mm -hmm. slow. I've been able to, even these deer sometimes, you know, super slow and non-threatening 200 yards out to even cross an open. If slow enough, you could do that. So you understand that a hundred percent. Um, let me see. There's there was a, a lots of stuff on the shot just in crunch time that was that's that usually separates a guy who's going to get it done and not a guy who's not going to get it done. So you made all the right decisions at that time too. But to get there, it's like the stocks. It's uh, there was a lot to the stocks on yeah. these animals, and uh, um, mostly what stuck out to me mostly is like we were we were pretty synced up on where we needed to be and how how best to close in on these animals felt like one of the thing I kept, one of the things I kept thinking was, um, drafting. Mm -hmm. Like some people do not understand the importance yeah. of single profiles. What I said. Yeah. Yeah. Single profile yeah. and drafting. And, you know, as you were going, we would, there were certain spots where we would stop and we would talk about, that's our next waypoint. Mm -hmm. And we kind of, you know, our hands were always in front of us. Yeah. Arms tight. My bow's always in front of me. Yeah. That's one thing. Like I keep telling people don't carry your bow down at your side or like let yeah. it trail behind you. Right. Cause that's, that's a big object. Put yeah, it, it on your head. Now yeah. you've turned into a bull <laughs> moose, right? Yeah. Um, you know, mine's always like my bow is just right between the two of us. Yeah. And, I had my brim of my hat on the center of your back yeah. and I was, I was like touching the back yeah. of your, your, your feet. And yeah. I just, you know, you kind of said, keep your hands in. And I just said, dude, all I'm looking at is your back. Yeah. Like you right now, you're the periscope, yep. you know, for me to be looking around you right. and try, you that know, changes I have to trust you that you're looking at eyeballs yep. and you're looking for heads yeah. and you're picking our route. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, I'm just right tucked in behind you. Yeah. And I think, I think that in itself, like lended a huge portion of us being able to get the, both of those stocks done. That, that does, because I've seen, I've watched a lot of people from afar through glasses and I know you have too, mm -hmm. and two people together and you see one guy doing it right. This other guy hands, you know, humans, we are so, a lot of people are so far away from hunting and just being in that all the time, 24 seven. But so you walk with your arms waving around mm -hmm. your hands flashing, your, 
uh, all this movement, you see something and you want to bring your arm up and point and it's just like all this stuff. And so you see, you know, I see all this and then the opposite of that was you, you know, and us staying just tight, like, like a lead blocker type yeah. thing and one single profile, slow, no arm sticking out, no movement of a bow, arms, bow, uh, nothing extra. So there's going to be some movement, but we had it so you couldn't make it more minimal mm -hmm. and it and it worked yeah and then the second one geez that second one we covered 200 yards on our knees maybe yeah yeah and i'm not talking like like walking on your knees or hunched over no i'm talking my bow was pair both of our bows were parallel flat to the yeah. ground you know it's like knuckles yeah knees yeah um and then we kind of got to where we knew there was really good shade in that one spot. Yeah, and you yeah. kind of looked at me and you're like, what do you, I'm like, I just pointed <laughs> yeah. in there and without you even saying like, man, it looks kind of tight in there. Yeah, it was it tight. Was, I don't know what kind of a tree it was, but maybe it was like a, I don't know, like, I don't know what kind of it was, but it, it was looking at it. You would say I would never be able to get a bow shot in there. Yeah. But we freaking crawled in this little thing, we did. got in there. It was probably about the size of like a, maybe a minivan at best. Yeah. But just twisted, you know, limbs going yeah. everywhere, but it had great foliage. Dark. Yeah. The leaves were light. They were moving, moving. a lot. Mm -hmm. And we kind of, we snuck our bow through all the branches yeah. and got on the front end of it. Yeah. And then we kind of maneuvered the limbs just enough to where we had our little pockets where we'd be able to shoot. Yeah. And we just sat in there and like kind of made our battle plan yeah. while things were 40 yards or less, 40 yeah. yards or less. Like hundreds, hundreds coming by. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're just like, you know, well, we had, I would say 12 scrub bucks, like right yeah. kind of over this way. And yeah. then a couple of them started to kind of loop around and yeah. I could see them yeah. 15 yards from my, from yeah. my shoes that were on the ground. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No. That and that that was another one. So, um, you, when you pointed like right in the middle of that shit, that would have been, uh, you could have easily made the decision. I can't get through. There's gonna be too noisy. You're gonna break too much stuff and being so close. And so you try to circle around either side. Yeah. Well, either you go around either side, you're exposed. Mm -hmm. You know, you're exposed in the sun on one side, but even on the shade side, that's where all the deer were coming from. And so if you go around in the open around the edge of a tree. Well, you're making the, the edge of that tree is now there's movement there. Yeah. They would pick up that. So, But if you can go right through the gut of that brush, not break stuff, oh, your money. So we slithered through there, mm -hmm. and it, it was tight, got to that to that far side. So we're in the shadows, you say, with the leaves moving around. And it was just, you. it couldn't have been any better. Yeah. So it was just that, that one little decision on, should I try to circle around this tree or go through the middle? That could have blown up everything. Mm -hmm. And, and then we saw <coughs> a lot of deer coming by. We saw one buck that was clearly the most dominant deer in that yeah. whole group. Yeah. And so we're like, that's the buck. Yeah. We kind of just, the conditions were perfect. We're yeah. like, that's our deer. I told you, I'm like, smoke that thing, dude. I don't, you know, <laughs> and you were getting ranges, you were getting all dialed in. And then was he, I think he was on a hot dough, yeah. wasn't he? Mm -hmm. So he just took this dough a different yeah. way. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pretty sporadic. It happens the, during the rut. They're yeah. not, they're not going to, 
to follow cue of the whole herd walking. And then uh, we kind of look to the side and a, a decent high and tight buck comes into 42 and he bred a doe. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just looked at you. I'm like, I'm going to smoke that one. And you're like, <laughs> all right. So we get over there, arrange him. He's 42. Um, he looked like he was getting ready to mount her again and he yeah. was really occupied with her. So I drew back. I got the full draw. I don't think he mounted her again, actually. And I'm sitting there. Honestly, I just put my 40 yard pin like right, like 10 ring. Cause I'm yeah. thinking 42. Yeah. It's going to go, you know, two yards low for me. It's yeah. probably three and a half inches. That's right where I want to be. If he yep. ducks, I'm still good. Um, and then he kind of just turns and faces straight towards us. Yeah. And while I'm at full draw, you're going like, don't take a frontal, <laughs> which I wasn't because yeah. I've said this a lot too. I'm a, I'm a advocate of frontal shots, Yeah. but that is a, that is a poor choice of a frontal shot, well, a frontal, a frontal shot at 20 yards or yes. less. And that's what people, they love when, to, when you're on the ground, that people love to lump everything in together. They like say, well, how far will you shoot at an animal? Mm -hmm. well, what are you mm -hmm. talking about? I mean, yeah, what with the 40 it. mile an hour wind or, yeah. you know, <laughs> but like that deer and, I, and you know, I, I don't want to, didn't want to offend anybody, but some like you, you're obviously very experienced and, and make know what to do. But sometimes when I'm hunting, I'm just going to board out <laughs> what yeah. I'm thinking. Cause I'm like, my obligation isn't to anybody. A friend, my obligation is to the animal. Yeah. You know, I just want to, I want to be, I always want to say, I want to be a merciful hunter. I want, I'm obviously trying to kill something. Hey, that's, that's what I do. I'm a hunter, but you got to do it right. You know? Yeah. And so I wasn't I, looking back at it. I was like, God, I was thinking, God, why did I, I mean, John knows what to do, you know, but I'm just so used to just seeing a situation to saying, yeah. and that I looked at that deer and it was windy and that deer facing us looked like he was about six inches wide. <laughs> he might've been. I mean, and I'm just like, Oh, and so there was never, you never even gave an indication you were going to shoot him. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, I, but so I have, I've killed, I've killed animals frontal. I've mm -hmm. killed grizzly frontal mm -hmm. and but it's 40 yards. He sat down, no wind, rock steady. That's different. And it's a grizzly. And it's big. Yeah. That's that's different than, than it, that. To get between its shoulders is the width of my shoulders. Right. So, so you, you can't say, well, do you take frontals? Yeah. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, let's get all the variables here. There's a lot that to put frontal? on this checklist. Hell no, I would never take that no, frontal. No, A frontal on an elk at 10 yards? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Probably would. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, it's just part of the deal. And it's the same thing with how far would you shoot. It's like, well, man, sometimes I, don't, I wouldn't want to shoot 40 yards mm -hmm. given the situation. Sometimes maybe I'd, I'd shoot more than 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just sat at full draw, and I seen some other bucks coming down. And uh, I told you, I said, while I'm at full draw, that buck, I, I – my attention went off the buck that I was going to shoot yeah. because I knew his angle was poor. And yeah. I saw a buck that honestly, I didn't care how big anything is. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not out here. Um, I'm out here to, to kind of po polish myself. I'm mm -hmm. out here to have fun. Obviously I was totally in the moment. We had yeah. just, 
we had just shot oh, one yeah. we were still waiting uh kind of for our guy to come down and and help us get that other one out so yeah. we had a little bit of time to burn yeah we're obviously in the thick of a group so you know i was just i was just happy i i kind of came down here not not expecting to hunt much i really i really wanted joe to get one yeah i really wanted you to get one i wanted to be able to hunt with you once yeah. i wanted you know i was i wanted to hunt with joe as a priority um but i thought you know if there's a time where cam and i can get out like it'll be a good time for mm-hmm. you know f- for us to just see how we how we work and i think it answered a lot of questions yeah, yeah. um but when i saw that other deer come even though it's easy to assume it was because he looked like he was walking straight to that other deer. Yeah. And, you know, everyone, he was only five yards to the left of the deer that I had ranged. And yeah. I was I was at full draw this whole time. Yeah, the whole like, time. what we're talking about, I'm at full draw. And uh, I said, I'm going to shoot the buck on the left. And you, you said, okay. And then um, I go, how far is he? And I think you said, like, you want me to range? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. I didn't know. At first, I was like, how far? I, I was going to, like, throw out a guess. Because <laughs> like, it was like, you know, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And, and, like, you were a full draw already. I'm like, wait, are we talking? You want me to take time and range? Because I didn't really. So I'm like, after I said it, sometimes, like I said, I just say things. And I'm like, fuck, okay, whatever. And then, so I said, Get, give me a second. So I have my, I'm filming with my phone. I'm trying to hold my bow in my leg or somewhere. And, uh, oh, somebody's walking. I thought it was Axis Bucks walking by. <laughs> I saw legs. Um, and so I get the rangefinder up there and I whisper to you 49.7. So that was kind of think what you were getting to is that first buck that was breeding that kind of rutting that doe, pushing her. If you look at the footage, pushing her out, that was 42. Mm-hmm. This other buck, which was, that was another great, uh, that's where experience weighed in is, hey let's get an updated range on we're not shooting that same animal and a lot of guys make that mistake they like they'll a cow will come by if they're elk hunting and they'll range a cow and i've done it yeah. i say a lot of guys i'm like me yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> so i remember the last last bull i missed um uh, in 2009 with roy this this uh bull was coming down the ridge we're in the uh, not the wilderness but uh in this na- big national forest country and I had ranged a cow come through, I think, or no, I ranged a bush. That's what it was. And I'm like, oh, he's 60. And the the bull was, I thought, 60. Well, he was five yards further. Yeah. So I shot under him. So I people make mistakes on on in situations like that. So you wanted an updated range instead of just assuming, oh, it's on that same path as the other one, 42 yards. I'm going to shoot for 42. You would have shot low. Well, I knew it. It was obvious he wasn't on the exact plane, but I think a lot of people could have easily said, well, he's probably 44. He's probably 45. And sometimes, you know, as weird as this sounds, people, people, it's easy to believe it's the same Mm because then now you're saving time. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, he's, he's close. And because then in your head, that's, you're, you're closer to being able to shoot. And if you're closer to being able to shoot, you're closer to being able to to hold that buck in your hands and so you don't want it not to be true you Mm -hmm. don't want it him to be on a different path so you turn it into no i'm gonna i'm gonna make in my head that he's gonna he's right with that other buck yep i'm gonna shoot for the same because i want it to be that because that'd be really easy right now yeah (laughs) does that make sense Yeah, totally does and so but 
if you can get past what you want to have happen um, to reality is, is like you give me a range, finally figured out what I was going to do, 49.7, and then... Height was perfect. Yeah, yeah, height, height was money. And then, yeah, crush that buck. Yeah, there was a, there was a little bit of... There was a pretty good amount of wind. Um, I thought I had... Actually, I did hold... I held a little bit left. You should have, yeah, because the wind was coming left to right pretty good. But I impacted left. Yeah. So it's almost like I pr- maybe maybe with that. Maybe held too I, much. I could see the wind coming by that tree he was at. I might have went a little, a little maybe. bit too much. but Maybe too hot on the But it, it, it could have let up because there was times where it was freaking blowing. Oh, yeah. And maybe that just at that moment, maybe it let up yeah, for it was, whatever it reason. It was variable. Yeah. Which is another thing, too. Um, that's something I normally am factoring in, especially on elk or mule deer. When there's bedded mule deer and you kind of get in, a lot of times you're playing that waiting game. The wind, it blows hard and it slows down. Mm-hmm. It'll blow hard and it'll slow. Like there are periods, yeah. normally even on a windy day, yeah. where where it's it's more than others. And having your range confirmation and kind of, a lot of times when the wind's peaking, like blowing really hard, mm-hmm. it'll let up soon after that. So if you can kind of be ready during yeah. that, during that gust time, as soon as you feel it like laying down, yeah. like, you know, picking and choosing your shots for yeah. that. Um, I didn't think I really needed to do that, but you know, a heavier poundage, heavy arrow setup, mm-hmm. just totally, I don't know if it, if I could say, it was a make it or break it, but it's highly possible yeah. that, you know, that that kinetic energy yeah. would, would have been the deal breaker. I, I think, I think it could have. And what's, that's what people always want to do. It's like, we're in not so much bow hunters cause bow hunters go, go. We like, uh, we like challenge. We like going more over the top than like the regular population. But, but we're in like the, the mindset of society today is just bare minimum. Yep. Like, oh, I'm hunting axis deer. They're small. 50, 60 pounds is going to kill a deer. Yeah. I know somebody who killed an elk and they're shooting 45 pounds. It's like, so there's always like the, let's do the bare minimum. Well, yeah, you could probably kill a deer here with a 40 pound bow mm-hmm. in a hundred percent perfect scenario. Yeah. But so it is axis. They are fairly small. But you shoot 80 pa- 81 or two pounds at 31 inch draw or 30 inch draw. 30 and a half I hunt with. 30 yeah. and a half, 600 grain arrow, mm-hmm. right? And it it crushed that buck, put him down. I mean, he was down in seconds where if you would have had the bare minimum, which is what people, a lot of people want to, mm-hmm. like what's, what's the least amount I can get away with and still get it done, it might have only went in an inch or two maybe yeah. that buck runs off with an, with an arrow sticking out of it with no penetration well not to mention people that had the bare minimum and practiced the bare minimum they wouldn't have been at full draw that long right right that they they, I, I mentioned that in that draw. post because yeah. your strength to allow your physical strength to allow you to hold a bow for it was over i would say a minute yeah. for sure yeah. and fighting the wind and talking and thinking about all sorts <laughs> of stuff and it's like um yeah, people they would they would even if they could do it, they're not going to be that accurate, you know. And so and then 
when they're starting to get fatigued and then they want to get that arrow on its way towards the animal anyway because that's closer to them realizing this dream of killing the, the animal and their shake is just like whew, just who knows where it's yeah, going yeah <laughs> yeah that could have been a shit show like a yeah. hundred times over well you've got to go here pretty soon to catch your plane but i wanted to end on uh talking about one thing that you said that really stuck out um that stuck out with me this week that I really appreciated. And I've, I've thought about it for like two or three days now, but, mm. um, when we were out there, you said, Hey, do you mind if I post that picture of your second buck? And I just, I said, um, yeah, you can, you know, if you want to, cause you, you know, you had filmed a lot of that stock and I'm yeah. like, yeah, you could do it now, but you had already had a very full day. You had already got your bucks. You came back, got to enjoy some of the Island. Then you, uh, went on a run you wanted to do a run that the guys told you was one distance it ended up being <laughs> maybe triple that <laughs> yeah um you know you, you kind of went out for a two for a two hour run you almost got back at like four four hours <laughs> um and then you know so you had your story look like a bunch of mice feet across yeah. the top and i just said yeah you could or you could you could you know do it tomorrow and you said uh you're like i don't bank anything and I, I'm like, oh, really? Because, you know, regrettably. Bake any con like content? Yeah, content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I bank content all oh, the time. Oh, do you? Okay, yeah, well, because I wasn't trying to. For me, it's it's um one of the things that pushes me to burn out is because I, like, devote so much time to, like, give back with education yeah. and stuff. Yeah, That there's times where I try to do a lot of it during a certain portion of the week where I have time because there's certain responsibilities I have for people that I work for yeah. to where I don't have time during those others. So I try to, you know, get someone to come film and do a whole bunch of things right. in a lump and then kind of trickle it out. Right. So right. To speak. I understand. So I, I'm a banker. Okay. I, you know, I bank it. <laughs> and you just told me, you're like, I, I can't bank. You're like, I, I, I want to do something cool every day. You yeah. Know? And so, you know, I forget how you said it to me, Yeah. Yeah. but you said something like, no, I, you know, I, I want to make sure every day I'm doing something something good. You know, yeah, I don't I, I think, don't bank it because I I want to I want to know whatever I'm posting that's like something good that I'm doing every day. And I thought, okay, damn, yeah. That, now <laughs> I, I feel I now I, I feel like a <laughs> I feel like a content hoarder. <laughs> no, I think I said I wanted to put up your your picture, and, and you said something like, well, you could. You could post it, you know, bank it and post it tomorrow. And I'm like, no, we're doing more cool shit tomorrow. Yeah, that's. I think that's, you're like, no, we have to do more cool stuff tomorrow. And you're like, because yeah. if, if I don't have anything on there, I know we're not doing anything cool. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, okay, damn. Yeah, that's like, that's the perfect uh, mentality. You know, I yeah. think, uh, yeah, hashtag cool shit every day. Yeah, yeah. Just go make, make, that's what I always say, you know, live life, make memories, appreciate, uh, be gracious, but go hard. Yeah. Go hard and freaking yeah make it happen well dude it was it was awesome both oh. of our coffees are empty i know. still have yeah. some purple uh bagel there <laughs> i don't know what planet that came from i don't either but it came from the lobby we know that yeah. um but dude it was truly fun oh man appreciated it and uh yeah hopefully me you and joe need to do one I only had two headsets, which is the bummer part. But yeah. I think at some point the three of us will get together and do we something will. anyway. We will. So that'll we, be fun. You know, bow hunting has brought us together, and it's. Uh, you we know. have so many mutual sponsors too. I yeah. Mean, two years ago, 
even more so, but, um, you know, we, yeah, we both got of Sitka. us, oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> both of us talked about, you know, just really good people that we deal with at companies and, and both of us are the same. We're like, you know, yeah. the relationships are like worth more than, you mm-hmm. know, than contracts. Oh you know, yeah, with, I with don't. The, with the places that we choose, we we really choose stuff that we yeah. want to shoot. And I wish no, we do. I would, and I and I think uh, I think that's important because if I talk about something or make a change, it's legitimately like what I want to shoot. Yeah. You know, at the time I I wanted to shoot shuttle T locks, and yeah. that is what I shot, right. regardless of yeah what else was on the table out there from different companies. It was like you know what I really like how this performs and right now it's the same thing i mean yeah if i had to go into a store and buy something i'm shooting what i would go buy oh for sure yeah i mean i shoot i shoot hoyt and not because i'm sponsored because that's what i want to shoot yeah that's yeah. what i believe in the most i buy my own broadheads i buy my arrow rest i'm like money and and sponsorships is so far down the list of what's important to me um it's it's not even it's like I the the support they give and our to our lifestyle in the industry is amazing and I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like that's not important to me yeah. because it is but for me personally man the hunt the people uh, just like I said life experience that trumps everything and we talked about the fact that some of the some of the people's gears that are like gear ga- gadgety people mm-hmm. you and I both said like. You know, because I told you, I'm like, you know how many people ask me if they should shoot a side rod or why I don't yeah. shoot a side rod in hunting? Yeah. Dude, you imagine fumbling around with oh, us God. doing yeah. the hunt that we did on our hands <laughs> and knees with, like, sidebars and stuff? Yeah. We're both, like, minimalists. And, yeah. And our, what tough. we've narrowed it down to is 100% confidence. Yeah. Like, you can, you can ask me why and why and why. All I can tell you is if you take a picture of what I have, I think if you could say the same if you have a picture of what you have mm-hmm. that snapshot could just put 100 percent confidence yeah like that's oh, yeah. the name of that gear and if you do that then obviously you carry that confidence into the field with you and you're going to be a better athlete i mean yeah. athletes that don't have confidence in what they're doing man that's that's and, a that's a bad position to be in and you have a a special eye too for our equipment because we, first morning you're you looked at my bow and you're just like why is your rest up and i was like you know we're it's dark it's like 4 45 a.m or something <laughs> like that and my uh i have the limb driven trophy taker uh smackdown pro. smackdown pro and it had slid up the limb a little bit because it got hot or something there's a little pad there and the glue must have whatever so it slid up allowed that rest to and we're not talking all the way up no no we're no. talking just enough right. to contact your bottom vein right and kick my arrow up potentially yeah. so it's uh but just that i mean i don't know that that stuck out for me too it's just like knowing you're you know not only uh an amazing hunter but just in everybody this is what everybody knows about you is that the technical part and yeah. uh, being married to the game type thing and and that's that you some, said something that stood out for you um about me well that's what stood out for me about you i i had a new appreciation for your hunting ability also just seeing it firsthand i mean obviously i've known you've proven yourself for decades so whatever i had no doubts but i mean it was nice to see it firsthand and and share that with you but just then see you uh being able to just at a glance just like and i think bow hunters do kind of give once overs to everybody's 
uh, gear. Yeah, I noticed it with my yeah. green hat light <laughs> yeah, as as yeah. we're getting in a dark truck. Yeah, and you and I are are zigzagging up the switchback of this mountain in the back seat of the truck. <laughs> yeah, with both of us using both hands to like, I'm like, okay, I got some tool, I got a repair pouch yeah. in my backpack, and we're like doing a full blown repair job. Yeah, yeah. and then fast forward, you know, to three o'clock, you yeah. smoke a bucket. Yeah. 70 yards. 70 yards, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And then one at 61. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if, yeah, I mean. It could have been different. Yeah, it was one of those things. I don't know if it's a blessing or whatever, but when something's not right, it stands out. Yeah, and, yeah. And so I just kind of looked and right. I'm like. And that, to me, that's that's what I, you know, I, I thought about that too yeah. for this whole this whole time. It's just like, God, John is, you know, he is what, what everybody says he is. And that's. You know, authenticity is so rare these days. And it shouldn't be. It's just like, you know, can't we just all be real? Yeah. But what you are is what you say you are and, and what you've proven to be. And that was a great example of it. So to me, that feels, it feels good. It feels good to be around people like you. All right, dude. Don't want to make you late. I know. Otherwise, you're going to have to run to town again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. See you, everybody. Knock Later. on. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing knockonarchery.com.